It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to another look under the hood with the Indy Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. It's 2020, a happy new year to all of you who join us each week on Under the Hood. We took a little bit of a holiday break over the last couple of weeks, but we're back and we'll recap those last few weeks and bring you some of our intermission guests on this edition of Under the Hood and catch you up on some Indie Fuel news as well. But first, let's take a look back at how 2019 ended and how 2020 began. The Fuel capped off 2019 with a really emphatic 6-2 victory over the Kalamazoo Wings on New Year's Eve as Darian Plouffe scored to get the game tied up in the second period. Then Alex Router scored twice in less than two minutes. Alex Krushelniski added a pair of goals in the third period. And Dylan McLaughlin had a goal and two assists for the Fuel in that victory. And then the Fuel moved above 500 on January 2nd as they returned home to take on the Cincinnati Cyclones. Keone Texera scored first just 351 into the game. The Cyclones answered, and then it was the Charles Williams show as he and Cincinnati's Uko Pekka Lukanen put on one heck of a duel until overtime when Alex Krusielniski got the puck. 4-10 to go in overtime. Goslin at his own line. Stick handles across the Fuel logo up to Derek Angelin. Looking for Schultz coming up the right side. It doesn't connect. Here are the fuel with numbers the other way. Up the left side is Crucial Niski into the zone. Crucial Niski looks to center, takes it to goal. Shoup couldn't connect. Shoup gives the puck, shoots and scores. Tim Shoup on the rebound gives the fuel a two to one overtime victory. Cincinnati's play didn't connect on one end. Crucial Niski hopped on the puck. It was a two on one, well played by the Cyclones. Centering pass for Shoup. Didn't quite connect, but Shoup stayed with a puck and roofed it over Lukanen to give the fuel. The 2-1 to victory over the first place Cincinnati Cyclones. That goal was Tim Shoup's third of the season, all of which have come against the Cyclones and gives the fuel a 6-1 and record in overtime. On Friday night, the fuel dropped a 5-2 to decision to the Fort Wayne Comets. But on Saturday, Indy roared back with a 5-2 victory over the Toledo Walleye in Toledo. Alex Krushelniski and Bobby McIntyre scored the first 221 to give the Fuel a 2-0 lead. And then Spencer Watson became the first Fuel player to score 20 goals in just 33 games of a season. Assisted by McIntyre and Plouffe, Sam Kirker and Alex Krushelniski added goals in the second and third period to give the Fuel a 5-2 victory. Newly acquired Dan Bacala, who played the third period the previous night against Fort Wayne, made his first start in North America since playing for the Tulsa Oilers of the Central Hockey League back in 2013, and he was stellar. 33 saves, got the victory, and really looked good. Bacala was signed on New Year's Day, had began the season in Europe, and actually had played the previous six and a half years in Europe, having played in Finland, in Sweden, in Switzerland, and in Great Britain. And so he came in and played very well in Toledo, backstopping the fuel to a 5-2 to two victory. That win gives the fuel a 17-16-1 mark as we get close to the midpoint of the regular season. We will hit the midpoint on Saturday night. The fuel on Friday and Saturday in Toledo, 7-15 face-offs both nights. 
and then they return home for three games next week. It will be Kids Club Takeover Night on Thursday at 7.05 as the few will take on the Florida Everblades. Then Friday night, 7.35 p.m., the Rapid City Rush come to town. And then it's Blackhawks Night on Saturday, the 18th, 6.05 p.m. Dave Boland and Jim Cornelison will be our guests for that game. And that's always a much-anticipated contest and one to look forward to. So make sure you get your tickets early for the three games next week when the Fuel return home to take on Florida on Thursday, Rapid City on Friday, and Wheeling on Saturday for Blackhawks night. 7.05 on Thursday, 7.35 on Friday, and then 6.05 on Saturday for those contests. Again, you can get your tickets at all Ticketmaster outlets. Get information at IndyFuelHockey.com. And, of course, you can stop by the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office. Watson drops it for Texture, a right point. Over to the left point. Bruce Winiski skates in, hooks it over to Watson, right circle, slap shot, right on score! Spencer Watson, his second power play goal of the night. That was goal number 19 of the year for the Fuel, Spencer Watson. He added his 20th on Saturday in the victory over Toledo. 20 goals in 33 games for Spencer Watson, and... He is now an ECHL All-Star as Watson was named to the Western Conference All-Star team on Monday as the league announced the All-Star selections. He will be the Fuel's representative. He's now one of four members of the Fuel squad who have appeared in an ECHL All-Star game. Alex Krushelniski did as a rookie while playing for Utah. Sam Kirker did so while playing for the Manchester Monarchs a couple of years ago in the game played at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum back in 2018. Alex Brooks represented the Fuel last year, and now Spencer Watson this season. And so congratulations to Spencer. Right now, Spencer is second in the league in goals with 20, and he is currently fourth in the league in scoring with 39 points. But right now, he's also in Rockford. He was called up to the Ice Hogs on Sunday morning and was in the lineup for them on Sunday afternoon. Several fuel players right now in Rockford. Dylan McLaughlin was also called up during last week's festivities. And he has been a fixture in Rockford's lineup. And matter of fact, he scored his first AHL goal on Saturday night and his second on Sunday for the Ice Hogs. Matthew Thompson also currently in Rockford, as are Ben Yowds, Nathan Knoll, and Dmitry Osipov. So a lot of fuel players right now suiting up for the Ice Hogs. And Spencer Watson is the most recent call up to Rockford and of course he played a little bit for the Ice Hogs last season after he was traded from the Kings organization where he was playing in Manchester for head coach Doug Christensen now the head coach of the Indy Fuel to the Blackhawks organization he played a couple games for the Fuel but he spent most of his time in Rockford in the American Hockey League at the end of last season and a well-earned call up for Spencer as well as a well-earned all-star nod. More Indy Fuel news. Obviously, we've mentioned the call-ups, mentioned the signing of Dan Bacala last week, but also the Fuel making a signing this week, bolstering their decor by signing rookie Connor McDonald out of Bowling Green. McDonald played the last four seasons for Bowling Green. He was plus 17 with eight points in 41 games last season. Over his four-year career, he was plus 40 for the Falcons. He was the captain of the Chicago Steel back in 2015 in the United States Hockey League, and he'll add a little bit of size to the Fuel Blue Line. 6'1", 
181. He's a right shot defenseman from Ohio, and he is the latest addition to the Indy Fuel. So that's a look at our Fuel News. Now it's time to head into our guests. And again, we're going to bring you some of the intermission interviews that Nick Olchek and I have had during our broadcasts over the last couple of weeks so that you get a chance to hear from all of these players as well. Our first guest is Jack Ramsey. Jack is a second-generation hockey player. His father, Mike, played over a 1,000 games in the NHL. His father, Mike, also was a national champion at the University of Minnesota and played for the U.S. Olympic team in 1980. Matter of fact, Mike Ramsey was the youngest member of that team that won the gold medal for the United States at Lake Placid. Jack also played for the University of Minnesota, signed with the Fuel shortly after his season was over, scored his first professional goal right at the end of the 2018-19 season, then signed with the Rockford Icehogs over the summer and converted to defense. And so we had a chance to talk a little bit about that conversion as well as the goal he scored the night before. We did this interview prior to the Fuel's overtime victory over Toledo right before the holiday break. So here is our conversation with Indy Fuel defenseman Jack Ramsey. Get a goal last night. You're probably the answer to a trivia question because there aren't too many guys that get their first pro goal as a forward and their second as a defenseman. But uh, what uh, what was it like to get a big goal last night and a big win in Fort Wayne? Oh, it's huge. You know, I felt really good too. Um, yeah, it's it's nice to be able to kind of move around, be in any position. You know, around the power play, play forward and net front. You know, because I I kind of have those those tools in the toolkit. Um, but it felt really good. You know, get the get the ball rolling for the team last night, and obviously get some weight off my shoulders. Um, you know, even. Even as a forward, I'm not used to scoring a ton of goals, but it's nice to see the first one as a D, too. Yeah. And you mentioned that, uh, getting that first win as a D, but how much does having that experience playing forward, you played the position your whole life, give you a little bit of that extra instincts, especially in the offensive zone of the back end? Oh, it's huge. You know, I think when I initially switched from, from forward to D, it was, you know, you're looking at the ice from a whole different perspective. So, um, you know, when I'm in an offensive zone, I can kind of get inside the forward's heads who are working down low of what they're seeing and what they want the D to do um, and how I can help out in the play. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really helpful, and it's, it's definitely um, a benefit to having played both positions. When did uh, the Blackhawks uh, come to you with the idea of switching to defense, and what was that transition like over the summer? You know, they talked about it a few times in college, but obviously that wasn't really the time for me to make a choice or something like that to switch. So, um, but yeah, at the end of end of the season last year, um, they talked to me about it, and you know, I thought I had nothing to lose, and um, it's been it's been going well so far. Really enjoying it. You know, you, you play the game at one position for 15, 16 years, and all of a sudden you're learning all these new things. So, uh, it's been an enjoyable process. What's been the biggest part of the learning curve for you? Uh, you know, just the whole skating aspect and. Um, you're kind of a the last man back, you know, as a forward if you make mistakes, not amplified because you have your D there, you have a guy F3 to, to help you out. Um, because the D if you make a mistake it's it's gonna be magnified and people are gonna see it. So you have to be really careful out there and uh, try to minimize minimize mistakes. Do you spend a lot of time this summer with coaches or kind of working on your own or back home in Minnesota? I uh, worked with some skating coaches over the over the summer, definitely working on backward skating, angling, um, everything like that. You know, I've been skating forward for you know very long, so I had to get used to um, getting on the back of my edges and whatnot. So uh, it's it's been a process, but it's been a good one. 
just kind of describe the game you try to play. You're a big guy, 6'3", 200. How much does that size help you in, in the game you play? Oh, it's massive. You know, I think the, the biggest thing for me is I have pretty long arms and a long stick, so using that reach to my advantage. Um, you know, it was a learning process at the beginning. I always wanted to be reaching, 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 and that can expose yourself and players at um, such a high level. So um, using my reach, using my skating ability to get in the right spot and um, be able to join rush and whatnot too. At this league, the forwards are very good. Yep. And uh, how much does that help you develop as a defenseman because you're facing really high-quality, skilled veteran players every night? You know, it helps is, is our team. You know, we mm -hmm. have such highly skilled, highly talented forwards that um, I get better every single day in practice. And that's the biggest thing for me is not taking practices off, but using those as learning experiences because we have such a such a solid forward group. So, you know, ask a lot of questions to the coaches, ask my D partners, um, and just, and just learn every day. A year ago, you were playing for the University of Minnesota. As somebody who grew up in Minnesota, your father played for the Gophers as well for a year. How special was it to be a part of the University of Minnesota hockey team? Oh, it's it's so special. You know, my sister was there too, um, so it's, it's kind of in the family and it's in the blood. Um, but every game, uh, you know, when you pull the the hem over your over your shoulders and, and put it on your chest, it's something special, um, something I didn't take for granted for sure. Let's kind of describe what the transition was like last spring, finishing up your college career and then jumping right into the pros here in Indy. Well, it's interesting because when I came here, um, you know, they when I came here at the end of the last year, they didn't know if I was going to play forward or D, and obviously we were making a playoff push, so um, talked with Coach last year, and I was like, yeah, it's probably not the smartest decision for me <laughs> to play D right away when we're making a playoff push, so I hopped in at forward, and, and that was fun to, to get to experience that um, as a forward, too. I mean, I've got one game as a forward under my belt this season, too, so it's really fun to be able to play both sides of the puck. With, with that, you come in play a few games at the end of the season how much did that help you preparing for this year just having that taste of pro hockey yeah you know it's not even on ice it's off ice uh, you know living on your own and whatnot um, you know you're not being fed like a student athlete yeah. stuck you're cooking all your meals so it was good to get a taste of that and kind of know what to expect uh, coming into this season your father having coached in the NHL during a lot of your growing up years how much did you just absorb from that and how much were you around the wild as you were growing up a ton, you know. Every every school field trip I had, I would skip that and go to the rink with Dad, and then skate at the rink. So every Saturday, Sunday, you could find me out there. But uh, it was good. Every youth hockey game, I'd have my coaches on the ice, and then my dad would be coaching me in the car as well. And, um, today too, after every game, he calls me. And I still send him clips of myself. And so he's he's very helpful. He's uh, he's been huge on me transitioning to defense. And what are your goals for the rest of the year? You know, just just keep getting better every day. Like I said, uh, practice is huge for me. So um, there's so many small things and so many details that I'm still picking up on. So just kind of sharpening those those details and um, trying to be a dependable, you know, defenseman for the NFL. Thanks a lot, Jack. Good luck. Thank you. That's our conversation with Jack Ramsey from the Fuels' victory over Toledo a couple of weeks back. Our next conversation is with Alex Brooks. We had a chance to catch up with him right before the Fuel took on the Kansas City Mavericks, his former team. Alex was an ECHL All-Star last season, and he's been a real rock on the Fuel blue line. Just a steady guy, has paired with Craig Wismerski quite a bit this season. They really form a shutdown pair for the Fuel. 
And Alex just does a lot of things really, really well. As mentioned, he was an all-star last season. And we talk a little bit as well about him playing against his former team, a team against which the Fuel will finish the year with a winning record. Here is our conversation with Alex Brooks. Yeah, first of all, Alex, we're about halfway through the season, uh, kind of getting ready to turn the page on 2020. Let's kind of describe how things have gone here for you and kind of how you've seen this team come together here over the first you know, 28 games of the year. Uh, yeah, yeah, for both myself and the team. You know, we've had our ups and downs. Um, you know, personally gone through a couple of like cold spells, not getting a lot of points, and you know, um, same with the team. We weren't picking up points when we needed to pick up points, but fortunately, though, we had that nice little stretch before Christmas, and um, you know, a little bit of a hiccup last night. But I think we're still gonna, you know, be moving forward here, pick up some wins in the near future. Last night, one of those games you just kind of flush and move on from. Yeah, definitely. It was just one of those one of those nights where, you know, whether it was bounces or whether it was just like poor timing, and it's just. Whatever, it's whatever, and you know we're worried about tonight, and we're gonna you know put a put a good one tonight. What has this off season been like for you? Getting ready for this year as one of the guys returning to the team with a lot of new faces and new coaching staff. Yeah, it was definitely uh, definitely interesting. It was my first time going to you know going to a returning team, but with a new coach, and you know so definitely a lot of phone calls, getting to know each other, and um, you know it's it's been it's been good. I mean. I can't complain about it. You know, I like the direction that this team's going. I like the team that was built, and I think that we're built for success. So it seems like there's a lot of depth on this team that maybe you didn't have last year in terms of when guys go down, there's another player who can just step right in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, tonight's a prime example. You know, I mean, got a, you know some of our leading goals, goal scorers out of the lineup, and then a couple of guys come back from injury, and you know, it's like it's almost like we have the exact same team, just different guys. Playing Kansas City tonight, and it's a team you played for a couple of years ago. A lot of faces are different, but what is it like playing against your former team? Yeah, it's always uh, it's always interesting to play against your old team, especially when the coach is still there. You know, it's you know obviously winning is always the best part about it. Unfortunately, this year we've gotten gotten wins against them, so you know, selfishly you're deep down, you're kind of like, yeah, we did it. Yeah. What's uh, maybe been the biggest change in your game from last year to this year? Um, I, I think the biggest part has just been. You know, just a different role. Um, you know, last year, you know, like you said earlier, we weren't as deep last year, and I found myself playing a lot more minutes and, you know, a lot more situations. And, you know, this year I'm not always needed on the power play at times. I'm not always needed on the PK at times. And it's just kind of like, you know, more balancing out what I, you know, what I bring to this team and be whatever this team needs me to be, and I try to be that. So you've been a plus player uh for the better part of the last two years is that just a matter of you just filling your role yeah you know i try to you know one of the things i've really done over the course of my you know few uh, few year career is I've, I've really tried to simplify and you know if if a play is not there i mean just make a safe play get it out of the zone and you know let the team just kind of restart and you know not turn it over before the blue line and be hemmed in for a few minutes at a time so just really try to simplify and i think you know that kind of rubbed off on some of the other guys because as a whole, we've really been simplifying our game, and I think that's what's been leading to our success. You've been able to generate a lot of offense from a point, just getting pucks toward the goal. Are you? Is really the idea from the point is just get get the puck to the net? Are you looking for sticks? Uh, what are you trying to do when you're back there at the point? 
I mean, it's, it's situational. I mean, uh, sometimes when the puck, you know, squirts up to the point and you look, you take your peek at the net and you see four or five bodies at the net, sometimes just, you know, bury your head and just see what happens. Uh, but sometimes, though, when you, you look and nobody's there, it's like, okay, I'm probably not going to beat the goalie from the point with just my shot, so maybe shoot off to the side of the net for guys that are going to the net and you know, so it's situational, but definitely getting it on net and to the net is first and foremost. You're skating with Wismirski tonight. What is he like to play with? You do kind of forming a shutdown pair. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, I think this is probably my first D partner I've had that has actually been like, hey, like, we're not going to get scored on tonight, you know. And, <laughs> you know, obviously it happens still, but no, it's I, I, I can't complain. He's, you know, very easy to play with. He's, you know, very solid defensively, and, you know, I'm enjoying it. How much have some of the new guys leaned on you and Thompson and the guys who are back just to get advice as far as being here and some of the pre- people, but also just living in Indy? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, that we got our lives away from the rink and, you know, some of the guys who are returning have been like, oh, this is a really good spot to go eat. This is a really good spot. Like, you know, if you like to do cryotherapy, you like to do any kind of like rehab away from the rink, like these are good spots and, you know, obviously good food goes a long way with everybody, so... What are your goals for the rest of the season? Uh, my only goal for the rest of the season is to get this team in the playoffs and start winning games in the playoffs. That's about it. Like, I could care less, you know, how I do individually. I just want to make playoffs and win. Thanks a lot, Alex. Appreciate it. It's Indy Fuel defenseman Alex Brooks. We'll be back right after this. That's our conversation with Indy Fuel defenseman Alex Brooks. Our next guest is Matthew Thompson, the Fuel's captain. He spent a lot of the early part of December with the Rockford Ice Hogs on a call-up to the American Hockey League, rejoined the Fuel right at the end of December, and then was called back up to Rockford right at the start of January. Matter of fact, on New Year's Day, he and Dylan McLaughlin were both called back up to the American Hockey League affiliate, and always loved to see Matthew getting that promotion, but... As the Fuel's captain, we always love seeing him here in Indy as well. And so Nick Olchek had a chance to catch up with the captain in between his stints with the Rockford Ice Hogs. All right, we're here with our first intermission guest, Matthew Thompson. Uh, Matt, thanks for taking some time to join us. You're the captain. You're the leader. You're the face of the franchise. What is that like uh, when you got named the captain? Uh, and for those who might not know, have you previously worn a letter in your career? Uh, and like I said, once you got named the captain, uh, what have you learned about yourself uh, as a player, but even more so uh, as a person now that you are kind of the leader of the Indy field? Uh, I think first off, it's it's always an honor to be named uh, C or an A in any capacity. So to uh, to get to see here, it's obviously something I very proud of but at the same point nothing really uh changes that much you know if you if you're named a leader on the team it's because of the person you are how you conduct yourself how you carry yourself all that kind of stuff so i think people get into trouble when they try and change who they are when they get into leadership roles so um yeah just try and stay true to myself uh i'm fortunate with a lot of good leaders in the room um so a lot of people i can kind of count on or fall back on or or help me out um and then previously uh i wore the c for two years at adrian college and uh i'd say that's kind of where i learned the most about myself uh as a as a player and a, and a leader um you just have to roll the punches and not not put everything on yourself uh just because you have the letter so i think i learned a lot then and every day i'm continuing to learn here so 
We have to talk about last night's game. Uh, an interesting start before the game even started. You guys had that crazy delay. For those who weren't here or weren't listening, there was uh, almost a two-hour delay before the game because the ice compressors that keep the ice cold and hard uh, weren't working, and then they had to find a way to get them up and running. But um, you, ha- as a player, you have a-, a routine that you go through on the day of a game. You take your nap. You have your pregame meal. Then you get to the rink. You prepare your sticks. You get the warm-up in. You play sewer ball, whatever it might be. Just take us through what your normal uh, routine is on the day of a game, and then all of a sudden that basically gets thrown out the window whenever you have a, a two-hour delay and the puck doesn't get dropped uh, for quite a long time. Yeah, it's uh, it was an adventurous one last night for sure. Um, I'm I'm one of those guys that doesn't take too much of a routine or, or look too much into it anymore, um, basically for these reasons. Uh, I find once you're at the pro level, you know, you're constantly in new cities, constantly eating different meals, different times, things like that. So um, I kind of just tried to roll with it as best you can. Um, you know, it's it's out of your control, so you can't really worry about it or, or stress about it. But at the same time, when there's a delay that long, you start to get hungry before the game. You, you've done your warm-up, like you said, so you got to keep moving so the body doesn't stiffen up things like that but for the most part i thought we handled it well um everybody stayed loose nobody on our team this year is too dependent on their routine or their rituals so so i didn't think it was too big of an issue um and also uh talking about the the leadership on this team there's been a lot of instances so far to this point in the season where uh Players have been cheap shotted, or the opposition has taken liberties on them, and doesn't matter who's there; they're going to stick up for your teammate. Just talk about the the uh, the, the closeness and the togetherness and the cohesion uh, on this team. Uh, I think back to a couple games ago. I think Darian Plouffe got cross checked into the net, and then Alex Router, who was still, I think, it only played two or three games with you guys, came in and he stuck up for him right away. Like it, like you don't have to rely on a big guy like Wismirski to come in and 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 take and take care of the job. So just talk a little bit about the the leadership and and really the the closeness that you guys have on your team. Yeah, uh, for the leadership. You could go top to bottom. Everybody, I'm sure, has worn a letter in juniors, college, whatever the case may be. Um, so the room's full of leaders. Uh, and it's an extremely close group. It's it's unlike any team I've really played on, to be honest, which is sounds cliche and weird, but we all live together. We're, we're together all day long, all night. So you can't help but just build bonds and, and get closer and closer. So anytime you see somebody take a run at, at one of your teammates it's never going to sit well and I think we have a group where we have guys that that will fight regularly but at the same time we have guys that'll step up if needed um I think I I heard we're bottom half for for penalties but top half for uh, fighting majors or something like that so I think I think we have a lot of guys that'll that'll step up when needed and, and like you said I just think it's it's because of how close we are and how how much we we love each other already you got called up to Rockford relatively recently just bring us inside that pro, uh, that process and what that call was like when you knew you were going up and maybe the first people you called and let know uh, and I know the Blackhawks like to try and keep their uh, all their farm teams playing a relatively similar uh, uh, tactically in the defensive zone and, and systems uh, go uh, just talk about the the process of being called up and what that experience was like. Uh, it's it's something I'll never forget. Um, Doug actually gave me the call first. 
he said, uh, I'll probably be going up. And, and obviously, once you hear that, you get you get excited. It's your first first call up, first time going to the AHL. It's something you've worked at for for years now. So I was definitely excited. The boys were extremely excited for me, which again I think speaks volumes to how close we are. Um, called my parents and my my sister right away. Obviously, they've sacrificed so much for me, and they've they've done so much for me over the years. So it's it's nice to have them and, and give them the call and hear their reaction and stuff like that it's it's a special moment um as for going up it it's like you said it's the systems are very similar um i was there at camp so i was familiar with the guys familiar with the coaching staff um they tried to make it as smooth as they could um we played some very very good teams while i was there so i kind of got the taste of it with the best so it was nice you know you you get a confidence boost when you you go up and you realize you can play at that level if you play your best. So feels good, but at the same time, got to work hard to get back there. So. And, uh, and lastly, you're, this is the third game of three in three and a quick turnaround with the afternoon game. And obviously with the delay last night, you did probably didn't get home till later. Uh, and uh, you're back at the rink, what, nine or ten hours later. What are some things you guys got to focus on today to make sure you're fresh or as fresh as possible come the second and third period? Um. You know, it starts from last night, guys taking care of their body after the game, eating properly, hydrating, all that kind of stuff. And then as for the game itself today, I think you just got to keep it simple. <clears throat> um, get pucks deep, get pucks out, all the all the little things like that. They're just, <clears throat> excuse me, they're just going to make the game easier for us. Um, so I think, you know, puck decisions, having a good start, getting on them early and not chasing the game the rest of the night will be huge. And that's the Indy Fuel's captain, Matthew Thompson, who's currently back with the Rockford Icehogs in the American Hockey League, chatting with Nick Olchek during the Fuel's final home game of the 2019 portion of the schedule when the Fuel took on the Wheeling Nailers. Our next guest is Craig Wisimerski, another player who signed with the Fuel after playing for head coach Doug Christensen in Manchester the year before coach Christensen has called Craig one of the elite defensive defensemen in the ECHL and we've seen why he uses his size uses his strength isn't afraid to throw down a little bit as we saw with he and Steve Alexi on Saturday night in Toledo as well but he is really a rock for this Indy Fuel team and it's been really critical to the Fuel success since he came back to the team. He was part of the Fuel in training camp, retired very briefly, and then returned to the team in November and has been a real stalwart on the blue line ever since. Here is our chat with Fuel defenseman Craig Wisimerski. First of all, Craig, uh, it's turn over uh, the calendar to 2020. Uh, what might be your hockey resolution for this year? Um, I think right now I just like to make playoffs with the mm-hmm. team. And then kind of go from there. And then once we get in the playoffs, um, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll peak at the right times and, and, and do the right things that uh, we'll be buzzing heading into playoffs and hopefully good things to come after that. So, yeah, How much can you draw off of the experience you had last year in Manchester where you guys really, with a number of the same players here, really kind of hit a roll once January hit? Yeah, um, I mean – Kind of the same thing. You get, you get the right players uh, buzzing at the right times. You kind of um, just, you know, work together as a team, all that cliche stuff, and then uh, hopefully you hit the, the peaks at the right time and um, should be good to go. And, you know, we've got a couple of good guys from, from Manch that are key players for us, and um, 
one of which being Charles Williams and stuff, who's been unreal, and mm-hmm. you know, good goaltending's everything. So we're uh, we're really lucky to have him. As a defenseman, how much comfort do you take in having a guy like Charles behind you? All the comfort in the world. Uh, he makes the game really easy. It's nice to have a guy to bail you out to uh, every now and then. And he just—he's a game stealer. You know, he's the type of guy that. Sometimes the team's not playing well or the team's not doing the right things, and uh, he's the type of guy that'll buy you a period, two periods, maybe even a game to uh, to keep you in it. 17 games into your seasons, how have things gone for you so far this year? Uh, I feel good. I've been solid. Um, you know, the teammates make it really easy on me. Just I try to do my thing out there, be physical, be a presence, keep it simple, you know, block shots. Uh, chip in offensively where I can and uh, lead by example. So, been easy, been good. Uh, Doug's described you as a kind of a shutdown defenseman, an elite shutdown defenseman at this level. Is it just a matter of to be that type of player, being physical and getting in shooting lanes? Yeah, I mean, I think the the days of like the stay-at-home, shutdown Scott Stevens defensemen are kind of dead. Mm-hmm. If you can't do both, you really can't. You know, play anymore. So um, I focus on defense first. I focus on the D zone, uh, and all that is is just you know punishing guys, being physical in front of the net, getting in lanes, blocking shots. But to a certain extent, you know, I've had to work on my game a lot where I can join the rush, I can get pucks through, I can rush the puck, all that good stuff. So you know, there's kind of two ways to it that I can. And none of that uh, more obvious than in, in overtime a couple weeks ago against Toledo. Uh, how did that feel to, to get the overtime winner and and be able to uh, to clinch two points? It was awesome. It was just good. You know, the the individual accolades are are what they are. Whatever. Um, it was just great to win that game and be above 500. I know these guys have been scratching and clawing to get out of that that cellar sort of, and to basically put it all together and right before break have. You know, a big win like that in front of a great crowd and um, a thriller like that and then be above 500 too. It was kind of just perfect storm with the cherry on top, so it was awesome. What's been your favorite thing about being here in Indy so far this season? I have to be honest with you. I have to say the crowd. Mm-hmm. The crowd's been unbelievable. Um, I've never cherished uh, home games quite like I have when – you know the the IFC is packed, and mm-hmm. it's just been uh, it's been huge for us, and it's it's awesome to see. And um, credit to our front office and marketing team, and obviously the the indie faithful for coming out and supporting us. How much have you grown each year? Yeah, I mean, it, it's been uh, it's been good. It's been fun. Um, just trying to get better every year. You know, I'm not a uh, kind of guy who's just going to collect a paycheck and sort of mm-hmm. smile. Uh, I want my game to keep increasing and keep getting better, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a couple people, uh, a couple mentors that have, you know, sort of told me that um, it's not a marathon, or it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. So if I can just keep getting better year after year, little by little, you know, then I'm doing something right. Uh, and that's all I want, you know, mm-hmm. just get better every year and, and keep increasing. Uh, you've from your time at Merrimack. First things first, how did that prepare you hockey-wise for pro hockey? Uh, My time at Merrimack was actually uh, Mm -hmm. eye-opening. It wasn't what I wanted as far as uh, statistic-wise and and point production-wise, but I actually ended up changing positions um, midway through where I became a forward for the latter part part of my career. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, ended up switching back to defense. And it just kind of helped me understand the game more, mm-hmm. where it just, you know, I, I know what forwards are thinking. I know where their, their routes, where they're headed, you know, what sucks for them mm-hmm. uh, a part of it from the game-wise and what can make their life easier defensive-wise. And it just helped my mobility, helped my skating, my wind, cardio, all that stuff. So it just, like, really prepared me for pro hockey and uh, sort of gave me uh, another tool to my belt where, you know, if we are heavy on D, I do have the ability to jump up to forward and help out and uh, not be a liability up there. You've got an MBA as well. Uh, how did that? Uh, how, how is that going to help you, especially in your post hockey career? Well, hopefully, I'll just sign a big contract and I don't <laughs> have to use it. But uh, if that doesn't happen, uh, it's just you know, my parents always preach school first. Mm-hmm. You know, you I went to school my whole life and stuff, so I wanted to get something out of that and uh, having a degree and then the MBA is really nice, just to have something to fall back on to mm-hmm. and maybe hit the ground running if hockey doesn't work out or something like that. Um, So, yeah, it's just good to have another tool to your belt like that. Thanks a lot, Craig. And that's our chat with Indy Fuel defenseman Craig Wizemerski. We also had a chance to catch up with Alex Krusheldiski. He's our final guest on the podcast this week. We chatted with him prior to Friday night's game against Fort Wayne. Since returning from about a month-long absence due to injury, Alex has been on a tear. In his last five games, he has four goals, four assists, eight points, and has tallied two-plus points in three of the Fuel's last four games. He was really critical in leading that victory over Kalamazoo on New Year's Eve, then had the assist on Tim Shoup's game winner against Cincinnati on the second, which was his 200th professional point. Then numbers 201 to 204 came the next two nights, against Fort Wayne with a pair of assists, and then he had a pair of goals in the victory over Toledo that capped off the week. Alex Krushelniski is one of the veterans on this team. He's been around a long time, former ECHL All-Star and Milestone Man as well. Here is our chat with Alex Krushelniski. Big win last night. You had the assist on the game-winning goal. Let's kind of describe that play and how important it was to come away with two points against a good team like Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're trying to, you know, chip away at the standings here, and that was a big win for us last night, you know, and in a lot of ways. I mean, it's, uh, you know, since the Kalamazoo game, it's just nice to, you know, string a couple of wins together. And I mean, that was, that was a good game. That was a hard game. That was a hard fought game, and I mean, from top to bottom, you know, like it's, and it was nice to come out on top. Not only is it good for, you know, morale, but it's just good for everybody. So it's, it was fun. And then the play in overtime, you know, obviously three on three, a lot of things can happen, but was it a case where you saw that they were caught up ice and just tried to use your speed? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, I was a little nervous on the back check (laughs) and then fortunately, I mean, it's, it's just is what it is. When you know, when you get to three on three, you just try to work basically work as hard as you can. Hopefully, you don't get exposed because mm-hmm. at that point, it's you know there's so much room and mm-hmm. and uh, I just tried to back check, got a quick stick, and then and then that's it. It was off to the races. The bench is yelling at me. You know, like you got you got a second. So uh, I took a you know I took a, just a quick second to see where where shoot was, and the guy was kind of taking him away. So. Mm-hmm. And I was look. I just tried to throw it on that at the end, and they were laughing at me. And they said we never seen anybody do a, a pass off like they call it POP, a pass off pad, in, in overtime. But uh, <laughs> it was good. It was. Uh, it all works out in two points. So. 
and for you, 200 points in the ECHL is a milestone point for you last night. Uh, so, 200 points, 204 games in this league. What does that mean to you to be able to hit a milestone like that? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, my, mom, my mom actually, my mom actually texted me about it. Uh, she said, "Congrats!" And it's just, I mean, it's just crazy. You know, like I don't, I didn't even honestly. It's not like I, you know keep track or anything and especially this year I don't really look at the points either like I guess the later you get in your career the less you worry about it and they just stack up I just don't know where it went you know like <laughs> what the couch yeah <laughs> so so I just I mean it, it was it was cool though it's uh you know obviously it's it's nice to be in that category but uh man time goes by quick you know it does. It uh, it doesn't go quick when you're out of the lineup. Uh, what was yeah. what was it like during those six weeks when you were kind of nursing an injury and trying to get back on the ice? Yeah, yeah, I was long. Uh, to be honest with you, that was like probably one of the longest injuries. That was the longest injury of my career. I never really had any that's coming out for six weeks, and it's tough. It's tough. You know, you try to just sit there and support the guys as much as you can, and. and and I tried to spend as much time as I could here around the guys, too. Like, you know, when you're hurt, you, it's easy to kind of fall, like, kind of fall off the map. And, you know, you get stuck doing rehab and skating on your own and that. But uh, I tried to just spend around, I, I tried to spend as much time as I could around them and still feel like I'm part of it, even though I wasn't playing. And, and you try to just support them. And it's, it's, uh, it's tough. You know, you live and breathe with them and, and you're not out there. And, and it's, you know, whether you're scratched or injured, I'm sure you feel that way. And it's, uh, it's just nice. It's, you know, I, I, I appreciate being back in the lineup now, so I'll, I'll take it. Uh, you come back Sunday, and then uh, on Tuesday, you scored two quick goals against Kalamazoo. How important was that for you, coming back from injury, kind of getting back into the swing of yeah. things to get it, get a multi-point game? Yeah, it was nice. I mean, uh, the win was nicer. You know, like, uh, I mean, that was just a good way to end it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's good for confidence. You know, the first two games, it's always a little bit hesitant when you come back from injury. You're just kind of testing it. and mm-hmm. But, but every game is getting, you know, a little bit better, a little bit better, and I felt better that game. So it's, you know, to me, what it was like I said, it was less about the points. It was more just about, you know, just a little bit better this game, a little bit better the next game, a little bit better. And that game had felt, you know, it finally felt like I had two legs again. So uh, I was just, you know, trying to work hard. What does it mean for you to wear the A with this team and be one of the leaders? It's awesome. I mean, it's an incredible group of guys. Like, it's honestly probably one of my, it's probably if not the best team I've like been a part of. It's just from top to bottom. You know, it's we were talking about this last night. Like, it's just, uh, it's really, it's just, it's pretty special here. You know, this team's got a pretty unique, you know, group, and and, and they got a lot of potential. And and uh, you know, I'm just happy to be a part of it. And hopefully, we can, you know get rolling here rocking and rolling and, and make a fun you know be playing till june i think that's the goal for everybody so it's you know we're just trying to take one day at a time with the captain up in rockford right now and yeah. yow's also up in rockford how much of the leadership role really falls on you right now yeah i mean it's you know i gotta admit i get picking up whiz was nice mm-hmm. i know he he uh i mean he's just natural you know mm-hmm. it's a natural leader it's it's pretty obvious uh you know the other guys do a good job too mccardle and dots mm-hmm. i mean it's it's nice when everybody's healthy, yeah, because <laughs> they all share the responsibility. And I think when you know when you get you know a little banged up, then that one you know the one standing one left kind of feels a little bit more responsibility. So it's it's nice when everybody's healthy because everybody kind of shares it. And I think it's just a it's just it helps. It's a bigger part, you know, having the guys you know all those older guys in. So it's it's 
like I said, they, they make my life easier. <laughs> yeah. You're skating with Router and Schmalz right now. What? Yeah. How quickly are you developing chemistry with new line mates? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they seem to have slotted in really well. Uh, you know, they both they both uh, I mean, they both have come in here right away and made immediate impacts. It's obvious. I mean, they've been you know played here. They got good numbers. They got good. You know, you can tell they're good players. And I think it's just a matter of like I'm like I said. Every, I mean, everywhere you go, it's an adjustment. And, mm-hmm. And part of that is part of that's being comfortable off the ice too. You know, it's got you got to get to know the guys you're with, and, and and you know we're trying to do our best to make them welcome. And I know they're trying too, so it's just been fun. It's 2020. What's your hockey new New Year's resolution for the year? I don't know. I don't know. Shoot, shoot more. <laughs> that's it. So shoot more. <laughs> Very good, Alex Krusiniski. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Alex Krusiniski. Our final of five guests on this edition of Under the Hood as we bring you our intermission interviews for posterity. Many of you often ask me to preserve those for you so that you have the opportunity to hear them, especially because you're at the games and you don't get a chance to. Maybe you catch a little snippet here or there on the concourse, but we're always glad to preserve those interviews for you. Again, the fuel on the road in Toledo this weekend, Friday and Saturday night, 7-15 face-offs. Those games will be available on ECHL.TV with my good friend Matt Melzak on the play-by-play. Then back home next week, three straight games. Matter of fact, the first three of six consecutive home games for the fuel over the next three weeks. The Florida Everblades will be in town for the first time in a long time at 7.05 p.m. on Thursday night and Florida recently has made a couple of trades with Cincinnati to obtain Cody Soul and Sean Romeo so we'll see some familiar faces in the Everblades lineup the Rapid City Rush will be here on Friday night at 7 35 p.m. and then on Saturday the 18th it's Blackhawks night the Fuel taking on the Wheeling Nailers 605 face-off Dave Boland and Jim Cornelison will be our guests as we turn the Indiana Farmers Coliseum into the Madhouse on Madison, which we do every year around this time. Blackhawks night, always one of the great nights of the year. Of course, we encourage you to get your tickets at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office as well as all Ticketmaster outlets. Get your ticket information on IndieFuelHockey.com as well. Also... Nick Olchek and I will have all the broadcasts for you on IndieFuelHockey.com slash radio and ECHL.TV of all Indie Fuel home games. I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood with the Indie Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going Under the Hood with the Indie Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndieFuelHockey.com.